0: Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963.
1: Coast FM 963, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, yet another weekend. It's the first weekend of winter. Oh, it is. It's going to be a nice weekend, though.
2: It's, I think Very so. Very
1: moderate for mm. the first weekend of winter. Welcome to the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn, and this program is being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, as they do every week Mm -hmm. at Wyoming, open all weekend, and also doormaster security doors and windows at beautiful Berkeley Vale. Sherilyn, welcome to the show. Thank you. It has all the know, and you've got the information for us. What are I we talking about today? Do.
3: We're talking about roses. Winter means bare rooted roses. They're all about at the moment. It's a great time to get them into your garden. So, yeah, June's usually the time we talk about those things. So, today, all things roses how to buy them, how to plant them, how to look after them as well.
1: And how to please somebody. With a rose oh. on a special occasion. Gee,
3: that's nice.
1: On a special occasion during the week with my uh, my wife's birthday, but didn't get roses. I got something rather nice that uh, looked a bit like a, um, it was blue.
3: What was it?
1: <laughs> flower. A flower? Nice, very
2: nice. Oh, yeah. yes, they
3: can be a little hard to She'd get at them. this time. They can be a little hard to get at this time of the year. However, this is the time you plant them. So you could have planted a rose for uh, the bride, Miss Little.
1: Okay. Well, we've got all the information on how to uh, get those roses in for the upcoming season. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot with Sherilyn's knowledge and others joining us too today.
3: We do. We've got other people joining us talking about roses. Some special news from one of our community gardens down the road here. They've got a special anniversary as well, Pete. And also all of our regulars, MC Micro, What's Hot Vicky, Pet Vet Nurse Tanya and of course...
1: Lachlan McDonald talks about property right here at Coast FM, home of the classic hits and the gardening gang. Coast FM 963, the home of the classic hits. Some great music for the show this morning. All chosen for the uh, purpose of the first day of the month. Of winter. And also our theme today, which is how to grow and put in your roses. Yeah. Oh, Sherilyn just gave us a beautiful smile then. You'd love to have seen that. (laughs) I love roses. You mentioned the word roses and she just beams (gasps) like a a little beacon. Oh,
3: they're one of my favourite flowers. Why? I just they're just gorgeous. There's so much history to them as well, that's the thing. I love botanical history and roses are one of our oldest flowers, one of our oldest plants still surviving now. Really? Well they've been around for about 35 million years. That's a long time. Mm. And they've just got so many wonderful stories attached to them. They've been used throughout history in different sorts of symbols for different religions and also for and different sorts of occasions. They're, they're gorgeous who doesn't love a rose and the smell of them oh my goodness
1: are they native to any particular country or are they
3: well here's the thing when, when something's 35 million years old it's a little <laughs> bit hard for us to get <laughs> to get the exact pinpoint exactly where it's come from we generally believe it is in Asia that's it where most of them come from
1: were there roses here in Australia no on Terra Australis no Okay. No roses. So they've been brought in from somewhere.
3: Oh, yes, they've been brought in. That's exactly right. And we can thank the fact that we've got roses. A lot of people think that they come from England and they don't. And the reason we, we think that is because they were very popular in France and then from there they ended up, in England, and that was because of Empress Josephine. Really? Yeah, and Marie Antoinette. They love roses, and so they had them in France, and then, of course, that well, ends up in over in, so in England as
1: well. So this is why they got the flower of love, is it? That's the yeah, rose. Yeah, well,
3: that's why they had it. Very, very interesting. And also, here's another fun fact. The rose is the national flower of the United States. And it has nothing to do with them growing over there either. um, Look, I can't remember the year. I'm not very good with dates, you know, except 35 million years ago. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, America had a vote to work out what would be their national flower. And Ronald Reagan was the president at that time. So you'd probably know when was that, the 19...
1: the uh, 90s, wasn't The, the 90s. 80s?
3: I guess Reagan was in the 80s, the old 90s. Anyway, they had this vote. Now, America, I've lived there, you know. I have mentioned it a few times. <laughs> and they have the most gorgeous flowers, native flowers over there. So there were all these flowers. People said, oh, I want this, I want that. And Ronald Reagan looked at it all and went, no, nah, you know what? No. Nah. We're going roses. Yeah, we're going roses we because he liked roses, them guys. and there are beautiful roses yeah. at the White House, but he chose roses and that's why. And he also said he felt like the red rose was a symbol of courage and passion and that had a lot to do with the American people, you know, probably something to it. And the red rose is the national flower of the United States.
1: And there was in the UK, or Britain as it well, was in those mm-hmm. days, the war of the roses.
3: Absolutely. The white and the red roses are exactly. a true thing. And that's part of their heraldry. So they had it on their... The coats of arms and things like that. So, the rose. So, yep, exactly.
2: Well, getting
1: back to today and the season of uh, putting your roses yes. in, your bare rooted roses, uh, they're the ones on the stems, are they? A bare rooted get-
3: rose, no. Well, it's a, a rose bush. So, you imagine a rose bush, it's growing there in summer and spring. It's got all of its leaves on there and its flowers and it's looking all lovely. Well, roses go into dormancy during winter. So, they lose all of their leaves and their flowers and they just look, for all the world, like a stick. They're naked. They're naked. naked. So they're asleep. That's what they are. So a good time to actually transplant them is at that time. So we can buy them then as well in at the nurseries because they're asleep. They're not going to suffer from transplant shock. They don't really realise. They're just, oh, someone pulls them out of the ground and cuts them down, prunes them down. So you get them without soil as well. They're usually in a bag. And they've got a bit of hessian to keep them moist around their roots.
1: Oh, that's why they're called bare-rooted. Bear yeah, they okay. have nothing around
3: their roots. Mm. And then you get them home and then you trim them down a little bit and then you pop them in a nice little hole there in your garden and off you go. <laughs> Does it,
1: it have to be like in a sunny spot, you reckon, or somewhere? Roses
3: need full sun. That's the thing. It's a mm. mistake a lot of people make newbies do because they think oh they come from England which they don't they do best the more sun the more blossoms you're going to get so they're a full sun flower and the other thing is they they do really really well in places where you're growing vegetables and, and other flowers that need to be pollinated as well because they really do attract our pollinators now a couple of weeks ago we've we, We talked about the bee problem and the need to plant more of these. So a rose in amongst your veggie gardens is a fantastic thing because it will attract the pollinators that will then help pollinate other plants as well, particularly all of your vegetables.
1: So who's coming up on the show today apart from your good self personally?
3: We've got Lauren from Narara Valley Nursery. Now she's a bit of a rose expert. She'll be talking about diseases and ways we can look after our roses as well because they're very hardy, but there are a few things that can put a little bit of a, a spot on the rose as it were so we'll have a chat with her and find out how we can keep our roses nice and healthy and blooming all spring and summer long.
1: Well I've chosen a rose song to play next. so enjoy this one. Thank
3: you.
1: Oh classic hits at Coast in this morning with the Gardening Gang, their seal and a kiss from the rose. We're talking about roses today here on the radio. And uh, why not? It's the season for putting these roses in and we've got uh, some more songs about roses coming right up. In fact, I've got one called The Bed of Roses, not exactly about the flower, but a play on words there by the Statler Brothers. I dug this out of the the old heap of uh, country music songs and that's coming right up. Coast FM. At home
0: with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM
1: 963. Post FM, Pete Little and Sheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning. And this is The Gardening Gang, brought to you by Alan Grahams Caravans and RVs at uh, Wyoming. Or open all weekend, they don't are. tell me. And uh, <laughs> also uh, we've got our second sponsor at Berkeley Vale, and that is...
3: Doormaster doors and security windows.
1: That's the mob. Okay, now we've got a horticulturalist on the line now from uh, Narara Valley Nursery. We've got Lauren Brabham. Uh, who's going to talk to us about roses today, Sherilyn? She is. And you've is. got a, a page of questions. There's too many.
0: All right, well, <laughs>
4: come on. Lauren has not got
1: the time to well, do it. I tell this. you what.
0: morning, everyone. Uh, morning, there, Lauren. Lauren. I'm, what,
1: what do you got? Five minutes to talk to us, Lauren? I know you're busy.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. You guys
1: are sure. Sherilyn, you, know what I... you ask question 34 and I'll ask the Okay,
3: well, this is a personal question because I do love roses and I've got all my favourites, but I'm just dying to know what are the most popular roses at the moment?
0: Yeah, well, there are so many different types of roses out there, but what we've found here at Noara is the likes of um, Mr. Lincoln, the mm-hmm. Double Delights, and the David Austin roses are the most asked for around here.
3: I think Mr Lincoln is a favourite everywhere. It is, yeah, definitely. Me. It's that deep sort of red colour. Everyone just loves it. It's a classic. It's the Rose of Love, I
1: think. Yes, well, <laughs> yes, that's right. uh, any red rose is a good rose, they tell me, because it does <laughs> it tend to the heart.
3: Doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. And out of the new ones, because we always get new roses every year, what's one people are asking for the most, Lauren?
0: The most, probably, a lot of people like the Double Delights. I think the two different colours together mm-hmm. seems to be quite popular. Mm. Um, and then, of course, all the
1: David Austin ones, they're all pretty popular as well. All right. Even
0: in Are ones. there any
1: roses that don't have the prickles on them, the thorns?
0: Uh, I think there is. I don't know what they're called,
3: but I think they're around. Yeah,
0: it they're not. Be, they're not actually. It could
1: be thorn free <laughs> <laughs> to follow. <laughs> they've
3: got like little prickles on them still. Pete. they're like they're not like great big thorns. Like I don't think there's anything that's absolutely. They won't They'll call them thornless, but they've got a little bit of a yeah. A, a little, little bit. probably got something prickles. on them. Yeah, they do. Okay, <laughs> I just it.
1: I threw them for what it's worth because. Good... I don't think I've seen a thornless rose in my entire life.
3: Every rose. And has If a anyone's thorn.
1: going to know, it's going to be Laura. Probably you know?
3: that's it. Probably. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, on that point, I'll ask question 44 here because oh, yes. Sherilyn did prepare a very large list. Uh, what is that black spot on the rose that we see sometimes?
0: Yeah, so black spot is a fungal disease. It uh, develops, like the name suggests, get a black spot on all the leaves, which pretty much turn cause the leaves to um, turn yellow and then eventually drop off. Mm. Um, so
3: it looks very unsightly and, and can actually weaken the rose plant
0: after oh, time.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah, because I often hear like, "Oh, it won't kill the rose," but it does. It doesn't do it. And, you know, people say, "Oh, it doesn't really matter; it'll just look horrible." But it does make them unhealthy, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's not very nice to look at. And what sort of things do you suggest to get rid of?
0: Um, to get rid of uh, black spot, you can just head into your local garden center and pick up a rose gun spray or uh, a Manca Z Plus, which is like a powder form, which you mm-hmm. can make up yourself if you have a lot of roses. You can spray do it that way and also maybe just
3: spread out your roses so they can breathe. Yeah, people do that they they overcrowd them. They people when they buy yeah. plants so they
1: any, put them Because we've been talking about planting yes. uh, for the new upcoming season. Yep. So the the thing I'm taking away here is give yourself some space between your roses. Yes. What are you recommending? Exactly. Are you recommending three or four inches? Oh, you wouldn't know what an inch is, would you? Uh, I'm <laughs> no, talking, no, trying no, to work out what that it. is in centimetres. Mm, anyway, what do you think? One hand?
0: And a couple of metres or so. Oh, know, a couple of yes, metres
1: or so. Okay. Well, Righto. a metre and a half. Oh, no, that's pretty, pretty generous.
3: Yeah. And uh, what other sorts of diseases and pests do you need to look out for with roses? Yeah, there's a few
0: common pests and diseases around, like powdery mildew, there's rust. Mm-hmm. Aphids and mites, and then you get the chewing, um, chewing ones as well, like caterpillars
3: and mm. snails and slugs, mm. um, that aren't very
0: friendly to roses.
3: So all the same sort of preventative measures or ways. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 Yes, yeah. That's the way to yeah.
0: go.
1: What we haven't discussed so far with uh, Showland's little chit-chat on your own: when are these roses that we plant this weekend or this time of the year? When will they come and bear? The beautiful flowers, is that about Christmas time, is it? December, January? It
0: should, it should, um, around springtime.
1: Oh, springtime. Oh, okay, yeah, so they're, it's only Christmas a fairly short period. Yeah, okay. Mm. Plant them now. You'll see a crop around October. Springtime would be uh, September, September, October. September,
3: October, yeah.
1: Okay, right. It depends
3: that, on the rose as well. Is
1: that why they have a lot of weddings that time of year? Because there's <laughs> plentiful flowers.
3: I don't think it's for the flowers, Pete. I think it's because brides like it to be nice and warm. No, that time of year, it's nice and warm for us. Yeah, we don't. Oh. You don't want to go and get married and have a horrible storm or something like that. It happens any time, <laughs> yeah, right. but it's you know, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, but then again, so you can I'm also have I thought it was
1: because customers. they like the flower. They're, the flowers are in abundance. You know, people oh, have got oh, um, could be a cheery it. mood in springtime. Cherry, you know, all that. True, it
0: depends on the person, I
1: guess. Have you been uh, hitched before, Lauren? No, I haven't. Okay, well, what I've been
0: engaged for about eight years, I think that's probably. What long
1: time enough. of the year will you choose for those marital <laughs> vows to be exchanged?
0: i will probably
1: choose, yeah, spring or summer, I'd say. There you okay. go. Yeah. All All right. We've All learned right. something you new win. today. we have we've, we've settled on something very private that Lauren is mm. seeking, and that is the commitment <laughs> from her partner.
3: <laughs> she <laughs> wants roses. <laughs> she wants
1: roses, baby. Well, thank you very much, Lauren. Lovely to join you today <laughs> Thanks, at Narara Lauren. Valley. Thank
3: you very
0: much,
1: guys. There's Lauren Braddon here, Coast FM and the Gardening Gang.
0: At home with the gardening gang. Coast FM
4: 963.
1: Coast FM 963, Pete and Chevron here. It is the gardening gang for yet another weekend. And uh, Mr. MC Microbe has joined us with the gardening goss. There's mm-hmm. a bit of goss coming through today. <laughs> Hello, gang. How are you both? Good to chat with you again. I've heard a little rumour about a major retailer is taking steps to reduce their carbon footprint Mm. again. Again, right. there's, there's a
3: lot of these people doing
1: this. Every week, someone's coming yeah. out and doing it. Someone's going to say yeah. one day we are no longer going to put petrol in the car. You think that's what they're, they're going to talk do. about using electricity? What an idiot, stupid idea!
3: Well, I'll tell you what, MC would course. know about <laughs> okay. this. I think he's he's chomping up the bit there to tell us, <laughs> MC, who's the latest big name?
5: It's the Swedish furniture giant, for that is IKEA. How are they planning to reduce their carbon footprint again? Again, yeah, it's it's all part of a, a plan, a sustainability plan that they've generated called People and Planet Positive. And it's to target the, their carbon emissions and reduce them across the, the whole operation. And it goes beyond, I guess, more than just introducing plant-based food items into hmm. their restaurants. So um, hang on, are they
3: going right. vegan? Is that what this is about?
5: What, what vegan furniture? Yeah, no, sure, yeah, Vegan, yeah, vegan they, furniture, they, vegan furniture. Vegan <laughs> <laughs> furniture.
3: Furniture for vegans? I don't
5: yeah. know. Let's they, cut to the chase be, here.
3: <laughs> what's happening?
5: They will be redu- they'll be to reducing their dairy products. Yeah, on on their cafes and their restaurants, that there'll be no dairy options. No what,
3: cheese on your meatballs? Is that what's going to be? <laughs> on your vegan? Yeah, meatballs? look,
5: I, there'll be a, some sort of cheese substitute, won't there? It doesn't? Uh, who knows what they'll call it? They'll come up with some good name for it, I guess. What's really? bigger in, uh,
1: in Swedish?
5: Bigger in
3: Swedish? <laughs> bigger.
5: Bigger. They yeah. eat a lot uh, of
3: cheese, sure. the Swedes. They eat a lot. You know, it sounds to uh,
1: have, me like a bit of window dressing. What do you reckon,
5: MC? Have they, Have they, either of you been to the, the cafes or the restaurants in the IKEA stores oh, before? On the
1: odd occasion. Yeah, look,
3: do I've got to be honest, I'm not a fan.
1: You don't go there for the food.
3: Uh, all, yeah. I think if I've been to IKEA and I've been, you know, starving after getting lost for two hours in the maze of... Bland furniture because I've been dragged along by somebody. I'm so not a fan. Um, no, but anyway, go ahead, go ahead, MC.
5: I, I have been there and tried it myself, and mm-hmm. I did. I won't. I will confess. I'll say I did enjoy the meatballs and the dime, the dime cake. But besides all of that, uh, I think you have to be careful with remembering the difference between whole foods and and processed foods. So even if they're going to make these changes, doesn't necessarily mean that it's still a a total dietary. A, a supplement, you know, kind you of mm. eat their breakfast, lunch and dinner. It's and got still,
1: to be nutritious, obviously, yeah.
5: yes. Yeah, and still and still be um, satisfied with your nutrition intake. But mm. Otherwise uh, you'll never go, go back really go funny, to
1: Ikea. you know, say, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh, I starve when I go
5: to Ikea. I didn't realise they actually released the cookbook too, an Ikea cookbook. Oh. <laughs> <So> <laughs> there's, there's an early Christmas present idea. Get that one down for your list. But, I can't uh, even
3: envisage it. Sorry, they are, is, they this are making... is this the truth? Is this what do you this cook? No, what do you cook with it? Yeah. Do Oh, they. Oh, you know what? They do sell some Swedish grocery items there. I have seen that when I've been dragged in there sometimes. Maybe is that must well, be it's what a new cooking. version of Aldi
1: out of Sweden, is <laughs> it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm thinking what are they cooking up? Cooking up some bedroom sweets or something?
1: I'm just thinking, look, MC, you're a man who's very keen on uh, sustainably living. Would this have any material impact on the, the world at all? Do you think?
5: Well, yeah, you know, because they are such a giant um, in that in their industry, um, reducing the the dairy products off the menu and the bistros and the restaurants is just really the tip of the iceberg. They they're actually doing a lot more, like including imperfect uh, produce and. They're donating excess food to local charities. They're also really reduced food waste. And that they're sort of capturing the big picture, not just what's popular, what's in the mainstream. So I do I do think they deserve it. So a you applaud them.
3: He's, he's happy with that. I, I'm just having a look now because I had a little bit of a Google there. And I did notice that IKEA introduced vegan hot dogs and they doubled in their sales. They were that popular worldwide, <laughs> vegan. And you can, I didn't know you could get vegan Swedish hot dogs and you can also get strawberry vegan ice cream as well from Ikea. I thought it was just meatballs and the odd cake, Swedish cake and a few things like that. So, you need
1: more visits to Ikea. No, well,
3: mind, I'm, I just, I it's the it design. I can't, I can't. There's I can't none on the
1: Central it. Coast, so you got to go to Newcastle, I think, um, or Sydney. Is there one in Newcastle? I don't know. I thought there might be one in Newcastle. If
5: you want a good vegan hot dog, the best thing you could get is a uh, carrot dog. I've had that before down at uh, Glenworth Valley, the horse's birthday. Mm. A pop up cut. Right. a slow cooked carrot for about 23 hours. <laughs> puts it in a bun and it's the most delicious thing you've had.
3: I <laughs> could imagine that because carrots would caramelize if they were slow cooked. Yeah. It is, My mouth's watering. I think I'd like that.
1: I could yeah, yeah, and and Carrots I could do are it. very inexpensive too. <laughs> You'd be able to knock out a burger. <laughs> You'd be, you'd be able to knock out a, a bun and a, and a bit of carrot.
3: IKEA could have. I've got it. Redon. Carrot balls at IKEA. <laughs> there you <laughs> there go. go. You balls. should get down there, MC, and give them your idea. But crunchy, don't, crunchy don't go cheap. Ball. They've got a lot of money.
2: IKEA. So
1: crunchy carrot balls sounds mm, good to me. I like it. Uh, MC, uh, almost a waste of time today with you, <laughs> but uh, we've certainly learned a little bit there about the intention of IKEA <laughs> to play down their use of dairy products worldwide. Animal products. And then you say?
3: Fantastic. Well, MC gives it the stamp of uh, approval from MC Micro. Well, that's a good Me- thing. Meantime, yeah, cup of absolutely. coffee, uh,
1: Sherlyn. No. I'll take tea with
5: milk. By the way, you can have milk. That's it.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank Thanks, you, MC. MC. Thanks for joining us this morning here on the gang.
5: Always a pleasure, gang.
1: Coast FM. Pete Little and Sherlyn Darcy. It's a fun Saturday morning. And that means we've got the lovely Vicky, who's at the Narara Valley Nursery. Mm. What's hot, Vicky? Good morning.
6: Good morning. How are you today?
1: Feeling pretty darn good. Now, Sharon is in extra good spirits today. I don't know why, but roses. she has a smile on her face from Love the rose raisins. talk here. Do you admire these beautiful roses too, Vicky, or are you into something more uh, substantial? No?
6: I do admire the nice scented roses, but I'm not a grower of roses, no. Too much work for me.
1: Okay. And uh, I understand totally what you're saying there. Sherilyn's got so much time on her hands. (gasps) Now, uh, it's time to ask Vicky a couple of important questions. Mm -hmm. What, indeed, Vicky, is hot around the nurseries of the Central Coast at the moment?
4: All right.
6: Well, Burbank and Erina have the hard-to-find shrub. L'Aculia, Pink Spice smells like musk and guess what we have them too and so do ye nursery just going to slip that in there okay the wildflower me- <laughs> the wildflower meadow have the beautiful Croia saligna a true native superstar showing a big pink blooms and it's getting cold and lee rowan's garden world at Arimba have got your firewood sorted and it's available for delivery call store for details and ye nursery are holding a frog hotel workshop it's on the 24th of June, and it sounds unreal. How cool does the Frog House Workshop sound, Ribbit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't even go there. In terms of a frog workshop, that sounds to me like it's way out of my pay scale. I think. Does it? Yeah, I, I think like it frogs. Is. It's run by it's real just, frogs. It's not, a, not a flower. It's <laughs> no,
3: it's a frogs, frog. Frogs in your garden. You can have a frog hotel in your garden, Pete. That's You've got a big boggles. pool. Yeah, you it's about look they'd that love it. Into your backyard. Yeah. In in the in that Saratoga pool <laughs> <Ribbit>. those <laughs> frogs would love it. Let's do it. Uh,
1: let's move away now <laughs> to talk about something more realistic <laughs> uh, than frog hotels. Come on. Okay, <laughs> what's hot at Narara Valley?
6: Do a little jig. It's the fiddle leaf fig. Oh. We've got these large fiddle leaf indoor beauties in all sorts of sizes and they're all lush and bushy, perfect for any home or office.
1: So, big. What's, uh, what's not so hot? What's breaking your heart at the moment around the nursery world?
6: Not hot and staying on topic is planting roses in your unprepared soil. So make sure you've built your garden bed up with organic matter that's been watered in a few times at least and don't just wing it and think she'll be right because prepared soil makes for happy roses and happy
3: roses are absolutely beautiful. Ah, oh, yes, I agree with that.
1: Is that right? She got on the money issue? No, she's always got right. he's pretty good. Now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, so let's get out of the garden for a moment and look at the history in the flower world. And yes. this is the Coast FM Gardening Gang Gardening Game. So because uh, Miss Darcy here to my mm-hmm. left is uh, raising a potential... Question or a story? A is it true or is it false?
3: Okay, here we go. And coasties, play along at home. Pete and Vicky, get ready. A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. But how much does a rose cost? Vicky, about twenty bucks these days, isn't that right? Maybe add ten to that. Okay, about thirty dollars. <laughs> Been a while since I bought a rose. I got oh, a lot of them. Of anyway, famous rose breeder David Austin spent. 15 years and $5 million growing the Juliet rose. Beautiful rose. And it was so popular, and everybody wanted it. In 2006, somebody paid $15.6 million for that rose. Is that a fact Whoa. or is that a fib? The most expensive oh, rose ever grown.
1: I thought it was fifteen point so four. The rice
4: to it or they <laughs>
3: thought,
4: Do you mean they. Like,
6: Sharon, do you mean they bought like the actual rights to that rose? They or bought they the, bought, oh, look,
3: she's getting technical here, isn't
6: she? That was my question.
1: Did he buy the formula? Did he sell the formula?
3: No. Um,
1: <laughs> like the Coca-Cola formula?
3: <laughs> the formula, the first rose and, yeah, the rights to the rose.
1: Okay. So, Vicky, I'm suggesting she's near correct. I thought it was a couple of hundred <laughs> thousand less than that, but I'm going to say yes. What are your thoughts on that one?
6: I feel like
3: I tripped her up a bit there, and I'm going to look at false.
1: Yeah, false, false. You're saying false, I'm saying true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: It's absolutely true.
1: There you the go. The most expensive
3: ah. rose ever, $15.6 million in 2006. Yeah, David Austin did succeed in growing the Juliet rose. He proclaimed it the most perfect rose for weddings. It's a lovely blush rose, nice and blousy. We all know what that means in the rose language. Sort of fluffy, that's what it looks like.
1: Is it still seen around today? It is still
3: seen around today and it's got a beautiful perfume as well.
1: He
2: probably made a lot of money. I'm just going
3: to say one thing
6: here. You guys were on loudspeaker during that and I looked at Brad for the answer and he gave me the nod that
3: it was false. Sorry. Ah.
2: <laughs> well, in
1: my <laughs> botanical studies, I actually researched that.
3: Well, it's an, icon- it's an iconic, iconic rose, the Juliet. 15 what? Point $15.6 million. Dollars. Point
1: six. How about yeah. that? Well, well done How to David. How good that? Uh, Vicky, <laughs> you're uh, sliding. Your actual performances are sliding in the gardening <laughs> I game. I know. You'll have to resuscitate these, uh, this knowledge. Indeed. You'll have to get back on yeah. the track next week.
6: No more looking at
1: Brad for the answers. No, don't. He's wrong. He's part of your motley crew down there, I know. Okay, all the very best to you (laughs) and yours. (laughs) And we'll catch you next week. Vicky there, that's What's Hot Vicky from Narara Valley Nursery. Get
0: your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963.
1: Classic hits in the morning right here at Coast FM with the gardening gang Pete and And The first weekend of winter is here. We are talking roses today and how to get those roses in Mm -hmm. and those deciduous trees and things like that. In the meantime, I think the bell is calling us. Very loud Sherilyn. this
3: morning. <laughs> it's woke me up from my winter slumber. It's an
1: ice cream man is coming. Okay. Now, <laughs> Sherlan, time to get those hands of yours, It Sure
3: is, Coasties. First of all, what's coming up for plant lovers across the Central Coast? Well, today, the Community Environment Network has their sale on. It's on from 9 a.m., which is oh, about now, Pete, until midday. They've also got a talk on from. Costs, and that's the Coastal Open Space Systems people. If you want to know more about how these wonderful individuals look after the environment on the Central Coast, get along for the talk at 10am. It's on at the Wild Plant Community Nursery, which is at the University of Newcastle Arimba Campus, Loop Road, Arimba. There's a terrarium workshop on Saturday the 10th of June from 11am. That's next week? It is next week and it's on at Burbank House and Garden at Arena Heights. Now you need to book for this, so ring them up at 43655396. You get everything you need to make a terrarium, but more importantly, you'll learn how to keep it alive. You could do with that, Pete. Ah. Yes. So closer to home, what can you plant in your Garden Coasties, here we go. Get those gloves on, get those boots on. Culinary herbs, artichokes, broad beans, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbages, cauliflowers, cress. Also, garlic, kohlrabi, lettuce, mustard, onions, peas, shallots, spring onions, silverbeet, spinach. And in the flowers, let's not forget bare-rooted roses and calendula, candy tuff, canterbury bells, carnations, columbines, cornflowers, delphiniums, dianthus, Everlasting Daisies, Forget-Me-Nots, Fox Gloves, Gypsophila, Hollyhock, Honesty, Larkspur, Pansies, Poppies, Primulas, snapdragon, Status, Stock... Oh, sweet peas, you're getting to the end of it now, but maybe violas and peat. Too late for the warflowers now.
1: Oh, bit of a change of the uh, script there. Bit
3: of a change of the script next time. Better luck next time. Anyway, have fun out there in the garden. Rug up. There's no such thing as bad weather or cold weather. It's just bad clothing choices, Watch Pete. out for
1: the spiders too. Oh, gosh, better luck. Coast FM Saturday morning. Going to be a nice weekend too. And uh, this gardening gang is being sponsored today by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs. Mm -hmm. Open all weekend at Wyoming, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. The name Joan Chippingdale rings the bell. You've got me down to call Joan. I
3: do. We'll put the
1: call through right now. Tip 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 tip. She is
3: from East Gosford Community
2: Garden.
1: Hey, Joanie. Good morning.
2: Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Sherilyn.
1: You sound wonderfully cheery this morning, don't you? Yeah. You You had your cup of tea? You have your cup of coffee already? Beauty. Mm. Yes, it helps. It does help on a uh, wintry morning. Now, Joan, (laughs) what happened was that uh, Sherilyn was very keen to talk to you today about an event coming up to raise money for the uh, community garden at East Gosford.
2: Yeah.
3: Lovely. There is a special event, and it's also time to say congratulations because it's an anniversary of East Gosford Community Gardens Mm. as well.
2: Really? Absolutely, yes. The week before was our big fifth birthday of our official opening at the garden, so our time flies, five years, yeah. That's amazing, well It's gone very
1: well, Joan, because it looks absolutely fantastic there Mm. at East Gosford on the corner of uh, Well Street and... uh, Henry Parry, is that the correct? Yes,
3: location? you've done well. It's a credit yes. to you all. It's an amazing achievement in five years. Uh, what you've thank created you. there—it's uh, wonderful.
2: Well done. Lots of lots of work by lots of lovely volunteers and input from you know all sorts of people and support. So it, it has been. It's been terrific, and the community have loved it and embraced it. So we think we've we've got a lovely little uh, oasis there now for people to come in and enjoy and. Sit and have their coffee, or have their lunch, or and just uh, wander around and enjoy the the uh, ambience, as they say. Hmm.
1: <laughs> and I also noticed, Joan, that there's a bit of a chat goes on as well. doesn't it, You know, uh, just a little
2: yes,
1: a little chat. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me just jump forward here. Let's uh, talk about the the fundraiser event you've got coming up.
2: Yes, lovely. Uh, on the tenth uh um, the, the saturday that's, the 10th
1: that's next week
2: is it next week
1: yeah next weekend,
2: next weekend? yes yep. that's right mm-hmm. so it's lots of fun fun and uh this year our the theme will be australiana
3: oh it's a trivia um, night that's what i'm just having a look it's at tri- here. sorry
2: that's trivia right. night that'll be happening on saturday so uh, we're wanting to get as many people as we can to come along and enjoy and uh, Put some money in the in the coffers, of course, as well. <laughs> and there's some prizes I can see here as well. They're probably all flowers, aren't they? Like, uh, f- uh, all uh, flowers? No, <laughs> 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 no. It's it's it'll be a mixture of prizes, and there'll even be some cash prizes, I believe, this year. So uh, uh, it just you know we'll just have to wait till the night. But we usually have a lovely lovely lot of prizes now. and uh, our MC. Uh, Matthew, he's very good at uh, as well as the category of uh, questions, unusual questions which there are spot prizes for. so it's, it, it really is a fun and entertaining night. Well, uh, I tell you what, I
3: tell you what, Joan, I want to the reason we rang you
2: up as well is I
3: want to donate a prize for your trivia night. Oh I would like that would be to lovely. donate a prize, a little basket of some of the books that I've written. How's that?
2: That sounds fantastic, and, and I'll that's get Pete to sign them and can you just whisk that away. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll sign is, them and probably put a little little note in there
3: for you, like little basket of a few titles of mine that uh, some you of you so your much. gardening people might like.
1: Joan, don't be generous here in your praise. There are only a couple of books she's got lying around here. <laughs> oh, gathering <laughs> dust.
3: Oh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I'd love to. I'll drop it down to the garden this week.
2: Joan <laughs> has that. <laughs> that would <So>, be lovely. <laughs> and our, our tickets are going to be, you can buy them at the door mm-hmm. or you can also just scan them from our from our uh, notice that's on our Facebook page. So if you'd like to do that and not have to come, you know, buy them at the door, that's fine. We've mm-hmm. we've, uh, we've got a little scan there, and uh, so you can have your ticket already.
1: Yes, I just need yeah. to have one thing clarified, Joan. Where the hell is the trivia going to be
2: held? Oh, is it? Yeah, where is the fundraising Um, going to happen? The trivia night. We've got to be sidetracked with other things, didn't we? (laughs) We did. (laughs) No, not in the garden. (laughs) Now, it's in the Progress Hall, which is directly across the road from the Ah, garden. So it's the corner... Corner of Henry Perry and Wells, and there is a car park area uh, at the progress uh, hall, which will, you know, will be available on the night. So, six thirty, uh, the doors will be open, and for a hopefully seven o'clock start. So, that's the that's the plan on the night. Uh,
3: and just jump on the East Gosford br- Community Garden Facebook page
2: <laughs> to find out more. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, bring your own nibblies and uh, and drink.
1: Joan Chippendale has been our guest this morning. Um, And, Joan, I hope it goes well for you and uh, make a few dollars for the garden. But more importantly, have some fun as well.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, that's lovely to talk to you, Joan. All the very best and have a great weekend. You too, guys. There's Joan from the East Gosford Community Gardens. FM, Pete Little and Sheryl and Darcy, it's our Saturday morning get-together, now with a little bit of a change of pace from gardening to pets.
2: And here we have the lovely
1: Tanya, and Tanya's always got a nice little story for us about the world of pet care. Good morning to you, Tanya. Nice to have you on board again.
4: Good morning,
1: guys. Well, we're here today with a very special question, because one of our many listeners here at Coast (laughs) FM has posed a problem, vet nurse. I think they're trying to get away from paying the fee at the local vet, so let (laughs) me just say... If no, you're prepared no. to give free consultation, <laughs> we'll pass it on.
3: Okay, it's Ted <laughs> and it's Trish from Chain Valley Bay and she said, "Dear Tanya, I love your part on the show and I was hoping you could help me. My budgie is healthy otherwise, but seems to have difficulty sometimes swallowing his food. He gags on his food sometimes and it really freaks." <laughs> Thanks. For Sorry, that.
1: that's, that's me, Tanya. Not
3: a... <laughs> that's not the budgie. <laughs> and it sometimes really freaks me out. Is he okay, Tanya?
1: Yes, Bob the Budgie's in trouble, Sam. <laughs> Can seems, you yes. help?
2: What, what's oh, the go?
4: Trish, that is a tricky one. Um, I am a nurse. I am not a vet. I am absolutely not an avian specialist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be completely honest with you. My advice would be, and I don't want you to stress, Mm -hmm. My advice would be get him checked out straight away. You know, it could be a number of things. I mean, it may just be the food. So I don't want you to freak out, but I do want you to get him checked straight away because obviously that is not normal behavior. Okay. Now, with with our pets, avian or, or other, when they start to do something that is not normal, we want to get them checked out straight away. And as far as birds go, they are... Quite fragile in one sense, but in the other sense, they they don't usually show us that they're sick until something is is quite wrong. Oh, like, so oh, like
1: almost uh, life threatening.
4: You know, I don't want to say that because I, I honestly, it's sometimes in this situation, it's very tricky because I can't see the animals, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing a proper examination. But well, Tanya,
1: can you just hang up, please? <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> We're going to call an avian, an avian specialist. Oh, okay. no. oh, just a thought, though, What's I'm just wondering one? when did that inquiry come through? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe the budgie is gone. No,
3: it's, it was only... Oh. It came through a couple of days ago. Okay.
1: Sorry. Well, today's Saturday. No. Did you get it Thursday? No. Has this guy been choking since then? My no, goodness. No, she
3: said he's, it happens sometimes. It wasn't
1: choking. It was what? It was gagging. 13, gagging. 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 It was okay. gagging. No, no, I Would you like to gag for I, two days, <laughs> Can you? Not me. Yeah,
3: I often say this to you guys. If you think of it as a human... Take take budgie to the vet. Take the gagging budgie. Bob. Bob the gagging Bob budgie the to the vet. No, that's good advice. But, you know, in general, in general, Tanya, have you got some tips for healthy budgie care? Maybe let's have a yeah. look at
4: that. I think budgies and birds in general are very, very underrated pets. They make fantastic pets. Mm-hmm. They're very social, very interactive, very, very, very intelligent. Talkative. And <laughs> <laughs> they are. They make fantastic pets. They're fun and, you know, if you get one and you interact with it well, you get it out of the cage, you play with it, you give it, you know, enrichment, they can make such good companions. Oh. I mean, they can be messy. Don't don't get me wrong. People think they're, you know, they're easy to, to I guess, maintain, but they can be very messy pets, but... At the same time, they can be such great pets. If you're, you know, living in an apartment or something like that where you're
3: not allowed to have pets, birds actually aren't classed as pets. Oh, we said right. Yeah, that's I, true, yeah. Oh, yeah. It depends with things like that. I know because I've owned a house oh. before I moved into it up here and... The real estate agent said, oh, look, they they want to have a bird. This is, I swear this happened. We want to have a bird. And the real estate agent said, you know, we really can't say no to a bird. And I said, no, I don't really mind. I've already said yes to a dog anyway. And we came up. I'm laughing. It was a macaw. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, no. Rip the house down. It was a... Well, I'm
3: thinking it was a
1: budgie. A budgie. And it was this great
3: <laughs> big But
4: let, let me tell you a story. I have been bitten by a shy albatross, and I have got a big scar on my arm to prove oh, it. Oh, they you go. in my apartment. Boy, when I was living at the hang on, hang on, hang on. How come you had an albatross in your apartment? <laughs> I had to take it home after surgery. We <laughs> repaired a fracture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It couldn't stay in hospital because it, it just needed a certain type of care. So I had it in my bathroom just for the night. Right. And it grabbed hold of my arm through my jumper, thankfully. And
3: still have the scar on Ooh. my arm to prove okay, it. Okay, so no albatrosses, <laughs> no macaws, maybe a budgie or maybe a canary might be what we're talking about here.
1: Tanya, you would be a godsend to any pet lover.
3: Oh.
1: I tell you what, hook up with Tanya, she would give you all the care in the world, no charge.
4: No charge. T- <laughs> <laughs> or you could end up with an albatross in your bathroom. That though. would be <laughs> so the negative
1: know. side, yes. <laughs> well, lovely talking to you, Tanya. It's always a delight on a Saturday morning here at Coast FM. And we'll give you another challenge next week. Meantime, listeners, if you have a particular question for Tanya, mm. the vet nurse, now remember, nurse.
3: You can email us on gardeningcentralcoast at com.
1: Easy as that.
3: Easy as. All
1: well, the best, Tanya. Have a nice weekend. Thanks,
3: Tanya. Great, guys. Take care.
1: Gardening Gang with Pete Little and Cheryl Darcy this morning and uh, Lachlan McDonald joining us on the line right now for our property report and uh, Cheryl, this week I noticed there's a report in the Sydney Morning Herald by the, Proc- uh, the Productivity Commission who said in Sydney particularly it's about time these garden suburbs that have uh, nice proximity to uh, public transport trains and the like give up some space for, uh, for high-rise. Lachlan, has it been happening on the Central Coast? What garden suburbs have got to give up their space one day, you reckon?
7: (laughs) Well, Pete, I mean, we've certainly seen a lot of it. I mean, there's been a lot of apartment development. There's thousands of apartments planned for the Gosford area that are either in progress or coming along. But I think what's really interesting is what suburbs perhaps could be suitable candidates that could be next. I think we, you know, when we traditionally look at areas that would be good for apartments, like you say, those transport locations, areas that are close to, uh, you know, major roads or rail. So I guess we'd have to look and think, well, the Wyong area is an area which would be certainly suitable for that in the future. We've got great access to not only shopping, the M1, you've got the train station there and still very low rise compared to a lot of areas of the oh, coast. So that's, that's one area, certainly. Well,
1: I was up there last weekend to see a show at the Art House because there are a lot of homes there within proximity to the township that are fairly old. They're getting on an age they must be near 100 years old in some respects. and uh, they would be a perfect location for more high-rise. Do you think it's practical? Will there be protests in the street if these things...
7: Were- uh, well, Pete, I've always got to be careful to say that this is uh, not necessarily something I'm championing by any means but just when you look uh, from an observer... Uh, uh. Looking in, yes. that seems like it might make sense in the future. Yes. So obviously whenever there's changes like this, you know, the, the people that enjoy the serenity of the area are always disappointed to see that change. And I completely understand that. But you know, good news is a lot of this change is slow, so you certainly will will see it coming. I think it's like being hit by hit with a steamroller, Pete. You certainly won't get surprised by it.
1: Well with all this migration coming to Australia. The uh, four hundred thousand expected this uh, current financial year—they've got to go somewhere. I mean, they, they just can't all go into uh, into Sydney's west. It comes a point where, and I'm sure there's some document there in the state government vaults somewhere that's saying
7: that central coast area—that's got a bit of space there that needs developing. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Pete, the nice thing about the central coast, which was you know always going to protect the lifestyle that people love. Is that we have some geographical reasons why it won't end up some sprawling, you know, landmass of apartments. There's too much water, there's too many reserves, national parks, Uh, the sort of hilly topography of a lot of the coast makes it, you know, relatively unsuitable. Um, so there's always going to be great access to green spaces and waterways, no matter w- what happens in terms of more development. Uh, so that's that's one thing. I think people are really fearful when they hear about maybe more growth or more, you know, high density happening that, you know, they'll turn into places in Sydney where there's just, you know, apartments after apartments mm. and, and, and nothing else mm. on the horizon. But we just simply aren't suitable for that. So a little bit more high density is probably possible in some areas, but nothing uh, to that level that's seen in Sydney I wouldn't expect. Okay, nice view there.
1: But, uh, of course, the Productivity Commission continues to try and find more opportunities for housing people in that greater Sydney area. Is the Central Coast next? Lachlan says not tomorrow. Thank you, mate. Appreciate your comments. Catch you next week, Pete. Doctor McDonald there from Ray White McDonald Partners here at Coast FM this morning.